Well, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at a verse there that will introduce what we're going to talk about this morning. It's Luke 1 and verse 17. As we're going to look at the things of the future, the second coming, as we conclude our looking at uh, all 12 areas of our doctrine and uh, today and next Sunday we'll look at some truths about the future that God has given to us. And here in Luke 1.17 we have a statement regarding the first coming of Jesus, but I think it relates to the second coming. And it does uh, because Jesus uses these same words in context of his second coming. So I want you to notice how these fit together. Um, verse 17, the angel is speaking of John the Baptist and says, He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so there he says the purpose of John the Baptist was to come before Jesus, before his first coming to publicly be manifested to Israel. And he was to prepare people for the Lord's first coming. And they to make them ready, it says. And that's the key word. He, the, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so uh, John the Baptist's ministry was in making people ready to receive Jesus when he came. And that happened. The first disciples of Jesus came from the disciples of John. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, at least we know of, were disciples of John the Baptist. And that prepared them to accept Jesus and follow Him as Messiah when He began to minister. And there were probably many others, too. But John the Baptist prepared, made people ready to receive Jesus and to serve Him when He came in His first coming. And that concept is repeated by Jesus in context of His second coming. He says, you be watching for my coming and you be ready, be a people that are ready for my second coming. Let's notice those words in Matthew 24, verse 42. Matthew 24, 42. Speaking of his second coming, Jesus says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And so Jesus tells us that we are to be ready for his second coming. And notice that these words are given at the first century at the beginning of the manifestation of his kingdom on the earth. He said, you be watching. He was speaking to those 12 apostles and he said, you be watching in this first century. You be watching for you don't know when I'm going to come. I'm not going to tell you when I'm coming. And you are to be watching to see if it happens 
in your generation so that you are ready for it if it happens in your generation. And Jesus gives these words at the very beginning, I believe, to apply to every generation that has come after that. And that these words are given to each generation. Each generation would read these words and it was true for them that they were to be watching, whether they lived in 800 A.D. or 1400 A.D. or 1600 A.D. or whether we live today in 2021, almost 2022. These words apply to every generation. You say, well, Jesus didn't come then. No, but they didn't know that. And they were to be ready if it did. Only God the Father knows when that's on the calendar. But He has chosen not to reveal that to us. And then along with that, He has pointedly told us, be watching so that you can be ready. And I think that's how we ought to approach the future and the second coming. That we don't know when it's going to all be completed. But we don't know that it won't be completed in our generation. We are to be ready if it all gets completed and finalized and Jesus' second coming comes in our lifetime. We're to be ready for that. That's what Jesus has told us. You therefore be ready for you do not know, you do not know when I'm coming. And so we are to be ready. And, I, and that's what I want to press to us that in the context of the second coming, we're to be ready for the second coming of Jesus and the manifestation of his kingdom on the earth as his servants. We're to be ready for that. And I think there are a few things that go along with that for how we're to be ready from what Jesus has said and, and the New Testament, what the New Testament teaches us. Ready for his kingdom. Ready for his kingdom to be manifested on the earth. And that's the completion of everything. That's where everything is headed. All of this is one big story of God's salvation. And the end goal is of Jesus reigning over the nations of the earth that he has made. And over his people who will serve him. That is what creation ought to have been from the beginning is God reigning over his creation. But we as human beings rejected that and have rebelled against him, starting with Adam and going down. Now to us, we have rebelled against him and our sin. And that's the story of the world is God's creation is in rebellion against him as really the Lord, a king over life. I think again, that's why the, the Jesus is is banned from Christmas celebration, in a sense. Uh, if the world would have its way, and then according to government, he's banned. You can't talk about him. You can't put a manger scene up because the world really doesn't want Jesus and God to reign over them. They want to be their own boss. But Jesus is going to come. That's the whole purpose of everything is that God should reign over his creation. And he's going to do that manifested through Jesus, his son, and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are all three God, one God, and Jesus is going to be, his role is going to be 
the king over Israel and then king over all the nations in the future. That's going to be the culmination of everything. And we're told to be ready for that, ready for the kingdom to come. And Jesus tells us how to do that. First is in the words, in the first verse we read in verse 42, watch therefore. The first way we're ready for the kingdom is to be watching for the signs that is coming, is drawing near. Go back to uh, a few verses before there in chapter 24, in verse 32. Jesus said, Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So there Jesus says, there will be signs, and he said, you can see them, and you'll know when it's getting near. And then he says, he says, you'll just know, you know when it's near, and then verse 36, where we, we stopped, he says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, nor not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And so he says, taking these two together, he says, you'll know, you can know when it's getting near, but you won't know the exact precise day or hour. But you will know when it approaches, when it gets near. And in that context, that's how we are ready. We are watching. Uh, and he said when all these things take place, he referred to sign, many signs that he gave in Matthew 24 related to the uh, tribulation uh, judgments and so he tells us to be watching those and see when those begin to happen and that we'll know when it is getting near and just generally those signs that he mentions here or are a manifestation of a rebuilding of the temple and then Beginning signs that he calls birth pains that intensify on the earth. And he gives different uh, details about those. But then that it climaxes in an, a, a uh, defiling of the temple with an abomination of desolation that is prophesied by Daniel where the temple is desecrated. And so there will be a rebuilding of the temple and then the man of sin will offer a uh, will desecrate the temple with a improper action in the temple which will be setting up an image of himself to worship him and jesus says when these things begin to happen know that my coming is drawing near and so we can look at those things and we can know when they are drawing uh, near according to the words of jesus here and this is how we are ready, that we are people ready for the coming of the Lord. Other uh, signs uh, in those birth pains are famines, pestilences, earthquakes. Now, those things have always happened, but he refers to an intensification of those things. He, he, he describes them as birth pains. That's the original word. That doesn't appear in a lot of the uh, English translations. But that's a very helpful 
cons, uh, uh, insight into it that labor pains are just are pains that come repeatedly and they though they get stronger and stronger and they get real strong close to the time of birth and that's how you know that the baby's about to be born is when they get really stronger and a lot quicker and Jesus gives it that way when these famines pestilences earthquakes begin to come in an unusual intensity and uh, repetition we can know that it is drawing near there are signs in the heavens he talked about disturbances in the sun moon and stars and we see some indications of that in the book of revelation a false peace treaty with israel the man of sin gaining authority temple rebuilt and then apostasy and he refers to this in in chapter 24 plus in the new testament tells us that in particularly in the book of second thessalonians paul says that know that before the the coming of the of jesus will not happen until the falling away happens first and the man of sin is revealed and that's another sign to watch for a religious deception accepted worldwide and many uh, falling away from the faith in order to follow it in order to conform to what the world is doing that will be a characteristic of the time right before Jesus comes. And so Jesus tells us to be watching these things and know when it is drawing near so that we then are ready for when it is completed on the earth. So the first is to be watching in order to be ready. The second is to be walking in righteousness, to be living a holy and obedient life life. Titus 2 is a good verse on that. In verse 11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, <clears throat> looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And so verse 12 says we are to deny ungodliness and sin. We're to live soberly, righteous, and godly, godly in the present age. And that's a way, verse 13, we're looking for the blessed hope. That's what goes along with looking for Jesus to return is living an obedient life, live, walking in righteousness. That's what Jesus is going to bring on the earth when he comes. He's going to bring in uh, righteousness to the earth. He's going to remove evil. He's going to bring in a time of peace and righteousness in his reign. And so if we're looking for that and to be ready for that means that we're going to be seeking to live walking in a righteous uh, life today in this present age because we're looking for that to come on the earth. Peter tells us that in uh, second, or first Peter and second Peter, particularly second Peter, he says, since all these things are going to be burned up, what manner of, of persons ought you to be in holiness and, uh, and righteous conduct? He says, as you look to the future and know your future and what we've been saved for and what is going to come, he says, we are to live for that in light of the future 
And that is what Jesus was talking about. Be ready for my kingdom. Be ready for it and be uh, obeying me as my servants as you wait for that to come. So the first is to be watching. The second, be walking in righteousness. And the third then, to be working. To be working for Jesus and His kingdom. Uh, Go back to uh, Matthew 24. And Jesus emphasizes that here where we left off in verse 45. After Jesus said, be ready, in verse 44, He then says in verse 45, Who then is a faithful and wise servant? whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of. And will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus gives a comparison to a master who has a servant and who leaves. And he has entrusted his household to his servant. And the servant's work in verse 46 uh, or at the end, rather verse, end of verse 45 is to be giving the household food. And he is to be faithful in doing that, that when his master comes back, he finds finds that his house has been taken care of. And he says, blessed is that servant when the master comes, finds him so doing, meaning he's working. He's doing his job of taking care of the household, running the household, giving food to the uh, members of the household. That is a metaphor for God's kingdom and that Jesus has turned his kingdom over to us in a sense here on the earth as his servants we are his body and his churches are his the manifestation of his kingdom and we are to be doing his work giving spiritual food to people and that then relates to two things that is teaching preaching the word of God to God's people growing in God's word and encouraging each other and growing in His Word, and then sharing God's Word and His truth to the lost in the world to bring them to repentance and faith. And so what Jesus wants us to be doing, the work He wants us to be doing as we wait for Him to return, is to be sharing, teaching, sharing His Word with fellow believers for our own own spiritual growth, and then to be sharing it with the lost world. And Jesus wants us to be doing that work when He comes. And if we're not, we're going to be, have to give an account to Jesus. What He wants us to be doing is to be working, doing the work He's left us to do for when He returns. And that is the third part of being ready. If we're not doing that when He comes, we're not ready. And Jesus says there's going to be discipline for that but he says if we're doing that if we're faithfully working for our master and our king in this kingdom that he has left for us he says we have a blessing blessed is that servant when he comes will find so doing 
So if we're faithful to be working for Jesus, we're going to have reward. We're going to have a blessing from Him. What He wants us to be doing as we're waiting is not just sitting around doing nothing, saying, okay, Jesus is going to take care of everything. I'm just waiting for Him to come. No, He says, you be working for my kingdom until the time when I return. And so that's a part of being ready also, is to be working for uh, doing the works of Jesus' kingdom on the earth, which primarily revolves around the Word of God, sharing the Word of God, teaching the Word of God uh, with people. And so we'll be watching, we're to be walking in righteousness, and we're to be working in order to be ready. There's one more thing I want to emphasize, though, in being, with being ready, just in a very practical sense, that if... We are in the generation that is alive when Jesus returns. One very important aspect of being ready is to be prepared to go through difficult times. Jesus spoke of this, and the New Testament speaks of it, that in entering the kingdom of God, we must go through much tribulation. Jesus said there will be persecution of his followers. And so there will be persecution and we have to be prepared. We need to ready ourselves that if we are in the last generation, that there is going to be persecution that we will have to endure. We need to prepare ourselves for that. We need to be prepared in case it happens, in case we go through that so that we handle that. So that we're able to handle it and we need to prepare ourselves for that. To be willing and to be ready to even suffer for Jesus if we are called to do that. We have to do persecutions, problems in the world. Jesus said there's going to be famines. There's going to be all kinds of economic disasters, difficulties, political uh, problems, and we need to be prepared for that. Uh, that can be very practical, just thinking of how we would make it survive if things got really bad economically. That's a part, I think, also of being ready, being prepared, and that God, and that's a part of the blessing that comes with this, I think, and in being ready and being knowledgeable of things that may happen, we can be better prepared, and that can be a part of God's provision for us. Another thing we need to be prepared for in these distressing times is false prophets spreading deception. Jesus said, there will be many who will come in my name and false, as false prophets and false Christs, and they will be teaching deception. And uh, the Apostle Paul talked about that the world will fall for all that deception. They'll be fooled by it, and they will follow it. But he said, but you're of the day. You're of the light. And it doesn't overtake you as a thief in the night. You'll be, you should be prepared, and you should be ready, and not fall for all the lies and the deception that will come. That's also a part of being ready. Preparing for spiritual deception and that we be on guard of not 
being led away into error. I think that's an important thing to be prepared for. For in, in Revelation, Jesus hint, uh, refers to some aspects of it, but in Revelation we see it that there there will be manifested a false prophet who will be able to perform all kinds of signs and lying wonders, and it says the whole world will be deceived by his power and will be forced even, will be pressured greatly, and the world will conform to it to engage in a worship of the Antichrist. I think that means there's going to be a there's going to be a religious movement. It's not going to be, I believe, a new religion. It's just going to be a religious movement, a unity movement of all religions. And there's going to be great pressure for everybody to jump on board with it and to accept it. And that's the details that are pointed to uh, in Revelation of a unity religious movement that if you don't conform to it, you will come under great pressure and it'll be manifested in the, in the final f form and all of that in a receiving of a mark on your hand or your head. And if you don't conform, it'll mean death. Now, uh, we'll talk more about some of this next time on the, the t uh, ramifications of timing do come in there of just what we may if we are in that last generation, what we will experience, what we won't experience. And there's different views on that. I understand that. But that I don't believe these things are going to just happen. There's going to be a, a buildup of these things. And we need to be careful that uh, we're on guard about any of these things being uh, started, developed, that we don't participate in them and uh, that we are aware of these deceptions that could be built up in our lifetime. Much deception through false religion. In fact, we'll see this next time in Revelation, there's a great climax all around false religion, that false religion is going to become very powerful over the earth, and at the end, one of God's final judgments is going to be to judge and destroy the false church and this false religious movement. And there will be a great climax about that. So there's going to be great uh, uh, religious deception going on in the world. And I don't doubt that it's already being set up today in what is being formed uh, or what has already been formed and what is building momentum in what's called in general generally religious pluralism which means that all religions accept one another you can have your own individual traditions and your own beliefs and that's fine for you but you don't say that that's the only truth and you accept everyone else who's doing other things you accept them as equally valid as your beliefs that is what's being set up in the world today around what's called the common ground movement, primarily focusing on Christians, Muslims, and Jews. And that is building in momentum. And if, those, if, if the movement gets going with those three, that's most of the world's population of religious people. And that will be uh, a strong force of uh, pressuring everyone to conform to that. And it's ramifications for 
how it parallels with political problems around the world between Israel and the Arabs. And so spiritual deception. And then being prepared to go through whatever uh, may happen of whatever God's timing is for his people that are in the last generation. And uh, as I've shared in the past, my view is that I think whatever generation is on the earth at the end will go through the first half of the tribulation. We have the words of the Apostle Paul saying that speaking to that first generation of Christians in Thessalonica, telling them that the Lord's coming will not happen. You can know that you've not, it's not already happened, that you will see the man of sin revealed and the falling away happen before the, the uh, return of Jesus and our gathering to him, is the words of, of Paul there. And so he tells those, those early Christians that they were going to see the man of sin revealed in his manifestation on the earth. That means that they will be a part of some troublesome times. And uh, I think that that is clear in Scripture that we as God's people, if in order to be ready in our generation, if this happens, we need to be prepared to experience some of those events that Revelation talks about and to be prepared uh, of what God's going to bring on the earth and to know that uh, whenever God has brought judgment on the earth, He's always been a refuge for His people. He's always provided protection in a sense for those that were faithful to Him. Saying that, though Revelation is clear that God's servants there have to suffer, and many of them are killed. And so, but just understand that when I say that, and the Bible's truth about that, that God's always a refuge for His people means that He may not always spare them from suffering and death, but He's there with them. He, he, he gives them strength, and He helps them. And we can prepare ourselves in that truth for what may happen in our day. So, being ready for the kingdom is to be watching, be walking in righteousness, be working, and be looking for uh, Jesus' return. Paul spoke those words to, uh, again, the Thessalonian church. He seemed to really have a focus with them on the second coming. Uh, and we have that as a, a focus in the New Testament uh, books on the second coming from, from his writings to the Thessalonians. And he writes there to them and says, For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned from God, turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. So he, he told those Christians, uh, your life is about waiting for the Son to return, even there in the first century. And I think that tells us today, in this century, as we're 2,000 years down the road, is uh, God's direction for us is to be waiting for the Son to return and to be looking for His return and to be ready for that return as we then see what God does in the days ahead 
according to his timetable. And it's all in his control. All right, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. We praise you, Lord, for your great works that will be completed when the Lord Jesus returns and that you're going to you're going to bring all things to an end one day in a great uh, completion that you're going to remove sin from the earth and uh, evil rebellion and Jesus is going to reign as the Lord as he deserves. I pray that you would help us to be ready for that, to be watching and be looking and to be faithful to you in living obedient life and to be working for your kingdom. Help us to be faithful servants that you want us to be, that you'll be pleased with uh, when you return. Lead us in the days ahead, whatever your will is for us in this, in our lifetime. And if the end of this age comes in our lifetime, I pray that you would help us to be ready for that, help us to be prepared for that, and that you would direct us uh, in all of your will for us. And you give us strength and wisdom in whatever comes in the future. You give us strength and wisdom in what we deal with even today. Uh, with the manifestations of things that have never occurred in our lifetime and are very possibly linked to the events of the end times. Give us wisdom with these things and help us to be your people who do the work of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.